Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I want to welcome one of the ghost sisters. Mandy is the one with me today, and she was in law enforcement and has some amazing stories. You guys don't want to miss this. And she investigates with her sister, Chastity, and Bobby Joe. Hello, Mandy. How are you tonight? Hi, I'm good. Uh, it's wonderful having you on here. I love hearing about the females in paranormal. I know. I love it, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, Mandy, you have a very interesting background and story, and I want to know why you became a paranormal investigator. Yes, I do have an interesting story. I have lots of stories, actually, mm-hmm. but we'll go we'll go back to where this all began. Okay. So, you know, I'm from Marion, Ohio, mm-hmm. and I never thought that I would see myself where I'm at today. Um, I've always been drawn to the paranormal. Um, I just noticed when I was eight, nine years old that I was able to like sense weird things going on. You know, um, I was always scared to be alone. I didn't like to be alone. Um, I just was able to sense things, but I didn't understand what was going on. Sure. Um, But I had something traumatic that had happened to me. And they say when you have something traumatic that happens to you, it opens you up to spirit. Right. You know, it's it's a major awakening. And I honestly believe that's what happened. It woke me up like this traumatic thing that had happened to me, which I I won't go into details, but it woke me up. And so I started noticing at a young age, different things were happening. And when I became a teenager, I started experiencing hearing things. And when I was actually, I think, 11, 1990, my brother was um, killed. Mm, and I'm I was sorry. really, I was really close to my brother. He was only 15. Mm. He was the first spirit to come to me and I knew it was him and I was scared. It's weird. I was scared of my own brother, but it, it was just, I didn't see him, but he would do things that I, to let me know it was him. Right. And as I became older, 
um, say why I was like 18 or 19, he let it, let it be known it was him because he literally came on my TV. And back in those days in like 98, you know, they had the big screen back mm-hmm. t- the yep. TVs with the big back end. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I had prior up to this point to 1998, I had already been having all kinds of paranormal experiences. Spirit was just driving me crazy. It was just getting out of hand. But in 1998, my brother let me know that it was him because my TV went black and in big white letters, his name just went crazy on my screen. And as crazy as that sounds, um, I had two other people witness it. <laughs> right. And it, it, it just began from there. And I became very intrigued with it. And everywhere I lived growing up, the spirits have been trying to reach out to me. I was running from them. I was terrified. I was intrigued, but yet I was scared because they they just wouldn't quit talking. They wouldn't quit trying to get my attention. And I would tell my family and my family would just be like, well, I don't know why it's happening to you. I don't know what, you know, what's going on. But and that's how it all started. And it just never stopped. So we used to back in the day when taps first came out when I was 12. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> remember family, when they came out. I love those guys. Yeah. And my family, I remember they started watching the show and it became our family time when I, on mm-hmm. when it would come out on Saturday or Sunday, whatever day it was. We would have family time and we would sit down and watch that. And I was like really intrigued because I was like, you know, having already having experiences around me. And it just, you know, it really intrigued me. And like I said, as I got older, um, my daughter started to have experiences and it just went from there. And this guy that I contacted that gave me a reading, he, he ended up telling me five years ago, he told me, Mandy, he goes, you know, you're a natural medium because I told him about my, my life experiences and and how these spirits (laughs) wouldn't leave me alone. And, and I was telling him about my daughter and he, that's when he, he had mentioned that to me and he says, Mandy, I can help you. And this guy ended up mentoring me for a whole year on how to tap into all this. And that way I was able to help my daughter. Mm -hmm. And it was shortly after that, I began my paranormal team. Uh It was like everything lined up for me. It was everything I was experiencing led up to this moment, me doing the mediumship. And then I I decided to start up the team and it was just, everything's been going down that path every time. It's been crazy. How did this affect your law enforcement career? Now I worked in law enforcement for eight years in corrections. I dealt with females and males. Um, It affected it a lot. I was doing paranormal investigations full time mm-hmm. and working full time. Um, the spirits wouldn't leave me alone at work. They <laughs> sure, yeah, I can only they, imagine. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Like I, I knew things were going to happen before something would, something bad would happen, like a fight would break out. I knew it was going to happen before it did, and I would tell the officers. I'd walk in, I'd say, "Oh boy, something's going to happen," and. <laughs> The next thing you know, later that day, um, let's just say a big fight would break out. It was just all bad. But the spirits would always do that to me. They would they'd always tell me something's going to happen and then it would happen. Or they would um, they would talk to me through the radios there. I'd be working alone and they would literally come through the radio 
um, one spirit came through the radio when I was working down in female housing on first shift. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the spirit came through this radio. They would allow us to have um, music, you know, when we worked in law enforcement in these, um, what they call, um, oh, it, it was like an office area where they, you could watch the cameras and stuff, kind of uh-huh. like a cuticle. Yeah. Um, like a pod that you were able to see everything that was going on. And sometimes you had to work alone. Well, this day I was working alone and a spirit came through the radio. I mean, I was listening to country. Next thing I know, I hear nothing but white noise. And this Mm. guy Mm -hmm. is coming through the radio saying, help me. And he said it more than once. And when I got up, I turned around and I said, did you say you need my help? And then it just went right back to the regular music. Wow. So. Yeah, it was just things like that. They they would follow me over to say I would after I, I would get done working on the weekend, I'd have an investigation. Mm-hmm. Well, something would happen to me before I would go to the investigation. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's a spirit following me. Sure enough, I'd be on my investigation and I would say, do you know my name? And the spirit would come through and the, the spirit would say my last name. Now, in the field that I was working in at that time, the only people who ever called me by my last name was inmates. Hmm. Yes, I had spirits calling me by my last name. Wow. They would not say my first name. They would say, at the time I I wasn't married, but I I was engaged. So they would say my maiden name. They would say Metzger. And I knew right away because I would just had something that happened at the jail. And then I knew the spirit was following me. Right. It was difficult because it was hard on me. And I'm also an empath. Mm-hmm, I'm a yeah. medium. It, just walking into these areas, I, I I, had to do a lot of cleansing. It was hard. It, it really was. Because you're feeling the feelings of the inmates plus the people they might have hurt. Yes. And, and if someone got too close to me, it was like, oh, my gosh, please don't stand too close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially the bad, the bad ones. You you know? Back it up, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do not enter my face face. <laughs> right. It, I think it's really hard for empaths because you feel people's agony and pain and illness as well. It, it was really hard working there. It, I loved my job. I'm not going to lie to you. I loved it. But it was hard being the type of person I am working there. And just knowing the bad things. I dealt with. I've dealt with some bad people. We're talking people that had murdered people. I was around all that. That was not easy. Yeah, I couldn't do it at all. I don't know how you did it. But having that type of connection, I was able to go and investigate um, the common police house in my hometown. The judge loved us girls. and, And we actually investigated the common police courthouse that is still running, you know, where I have transported inmates there. And they let us investigate the building twice. And I, and again, I captured inmates, you know, saying my last name. Wow. So they <laughs> knew, know, obviously knew you. They knew me. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. Whoa. Well, they had followed me to my house too. And it oh. became, it was hard. My daughter was seeing them. She'd say, mom, you are bringing home these, these guys from the jail that they're dressed in these. She would describe the outfits of what they wore. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing was, it wasn't it wasn't the color that they wore where I worked. They were coming from the prison because where I worked at, 
I was surrounded by prison. Right. And I had transported these inmates to prison all the time. So it wasn't just from the jail. They were the inmates that were passed on. I just want to clarify that. <laughs> we're wow. following. I don't think I'd like to bring any of them home. Well, and you know, my husband's a lieutenant and, and he brings them home. Oh, I'm so sure I'm he like, does. I'm like, you're bringing <laughs> home stuff, you know? Well, you know what they say when you have that bright light burning, they're very attracted to that. So your daughter has it, you have it, and probably your husband as well. Oh, my husband's very, he's, it's funny, he's a sensitive man. And it's crazy because he would know things were going to happen. He he just get that, that vibe and everybody has it, you know, but some people (laughs) don't use it. But in his case, he uses his senses a lot because of the field he's in. You know, he's a lieutenant and he just get that weird vibe. Something's not right. And he would be right. There'd be some stuff going on. Now, Mandy, is there any particular entity or or out-of-body person that had a profound effect on you? Uh, Do you mean like during an investigation? Any time in your life. Actually, I I can think of a couple, actually. Um, There was one time, uh, because I do spiritual writing, too. Mm -hmm. I like to give some time. No, I don't do it all the time, but I like to take 10 minutes and um, do spiritual writing, connect with the energies. And I don't like to know a lot about a location when I'm going into it. Kind of don't. You know what I mean? I just want to connect on my own. There was one time we were at a school called Middle Point um, in Middle Point, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And I did the spiritual writing and I connected with children. I connected with, the, I think it was a teacher and it had a really bad effect on me. I didn't listen to the spirits. They were telling me to stop. And all of a sudden I started feeling like my whole body started going numb. Mm-hmm. I started going, going numb on uh, one side of my face and my arm and my hand. And what I had found out connecting with the spirit was the one teacher passed from a stroke. Oh, so I needed to stop and I wasn't listening and it was taking my breath, but I ended up stopping and you could just tell it drained me. And mm-hmm. after I got downstairs, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I, I just started freaking out, crying, um, talking about children that were burning in a fire and couldn't find out. I don't know if I don't know if there was a fire that took place there, but I heard that there was other mediums that have been there and they said the same thing. But it affected me so bad that they had to get me out of the building. Wow. Um, so that that really affected me bad. I was outside for like 10 minutes. They wouldn't get off of me. The energy was like latched onto me. From the time I stepped out of my vehicle onto that property, they were on me. <laughs> right. So that, that was really hard because children, I was dealing with children and then someone that had a stroke and it, it was just all bad. Yeah, that that would be very not only draining, but emotionally sad. It was. And another time was we went to the Joliet prison here a couple months ago Mm -hmm. and, you know, working in law enforcement, you know, I do have a compassion for these people to a certain limit. Right. I worked with them. I dealt with them. I know what it's like. I don't know what it's like to be on that side where they're at, but I know what it's like to be stuck around them and, and, 
go through all that. Right. So we ended up doing up in a, it was a solitary area, death row. Okay. This was an old prison. I don't know if you know much about Joliet prison, but it goes, I think it goes back to the 1800s. Right. Yes. Old prison. And they held, John Wayne Gacy was held there. Ew. Other, other murderers too. Well, we ended up doing, three of us girls went up to solitary, to death row. And we decided to start singing um, Amazing Grace because we were told that that was the last, um, they used to play music for them when they would electrocute the, the, the people. When they would be electrocuted, the, um, they would have uh, someone come and play music so that way the other inmates wouldn't hear the, the sounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. To cover it up so they would play music. So we, we were told that singing would be something that we should probably try. So we started singing and oh my God. And I, I couldn't even finish singing the song because I immediately broke down. I ended up connecting with this spirit that was, I was standing next to, to a cell. I connected with this guy who was the first one to be murdered or not murdered, but to be electrocuted there. He was telling me that he was in there for robbery. He had murdered people. It was bad. So I ended up connecting with him and it, um, it, it was so bad that I don't like to cry when I'm live, mm-hmm. live streaming, but it hit me. It just hit me hard. It, it was bad. Was, and, and was he sad was because he had murdered people? He was um, sad when, because he, what I was getting from him, he was telling me that he was in there, you know, for the robbery and murdery, uh, murder and that he was the first one to go. And it was almost like I was picking up on like almost like the day. It felt like that overwhelming feeling like I'm going to die. I'm going to die. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That kind of feeling. Not so much that he felt bad. It was more of a like it was hitting him like this is it. Right. You know what I mean? That kind of feeling. And I, I, I do feel like looking back that he probably was a little sad over it, but. I don't know. It was just, it was bad connecting. And it's hard being a medium out there doing this because I never know what's going to hit me. Right. You just never know. Because their emotions become your emotions. Yes. Um, I'm beginning to think I'm also like a a physical medium too, because (laughs) I can feel other people's what's going on with someone else too. Right. And you feel their... uh you feel such their emotions. That's why I was wondering. That's what I was going to ask you next. Are you a physical medium? Cause you feel their pain. I am. I, I just always say I'm a little bit of everything tied into one. It's, it's hard to pinpoint. Cause I do, I do pick up on what happened to them and I do feel their pain. And even with the living I'm the same way. Right. I think it's really, I think it would be very, very hard to be a physical medium and very draining. It can be draining, very draining. Now you have some like wonderful things coming up. Mm-hmm. You have some great investigations coming up. What is your next big investigation? Actually, this Sunday, we will be investigating the American Legion Post 162 in Marion, Ohio. Now, I know that it became the Legion in 1939. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's actually a mansion. Ooh, you know, it has cool. <laughs> oh, it's huge. It is so huge. Um there's like four levels to this. There's um a full basement that that is where the bar is and they added mm-hmm. like another big area. It is it's huge. <laughs> and then you have the the first floor, the second floor, and then you have a full attic. You you walk up into the attic. It it looks like you can just live up there. That's how big it is. Wow. So it is huge, and it's the oldest um, legion in Marion, Ohio. What it's year the, was it built? If you don't mind me asking. I do not know what year it was actually built. I just know when they. Um, took it over as the Legion in 1939 because like I said, I don't do the history. I do know from uh, rumors of people. I've always heard people talk about that place and I've heard rumors of um, under underground railroad. um, Interesting. Yeah. And, but when I actually went there today to do a walkthrough, they had me come and do a walkthrough to kind of check things out and, I, I kept mentioning the tunnels. I'm like, I was told there's tunnels um, connected to the building. Do you know? And they said, well, we, we've heard of that too, but I, they weren't for sure, mm-hmm. you know, but there's also, there was slave um, quarters there too. So, oh. yeah, so it, it was it's quite interesting and I'm looking forward. We'll be live. We, we go live to, to show people what we do. Let them see that what we're doing you know, it's legit. You get to see it live. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're there. You're not there, but you're watching it in live right. time. What we're doing. I bet the building's just beautiful inside, isn't it? It is definitely different. It is, and the the energy was real heavy when I walked in. They were like up on me, and it was like when I go into a location like that, you can always tell when there's a lot of um, spirits because it's the air's real thick. Yes. And it like takes your breath. Everybody's <laughs> tapping you on the shoulder, Mandy. It, Mandy. <laughs> it's like, man, you know, and there's so much coming at you. It's I love it though, but the spirits love it. I talk to them. They love it. They love me talking to them. Well, they probably each have a story and their main thing is to tell you that story. So people mm-hmm. know their story. That's what I think. I find so interesting, even though people pass over, sometimes they just have stories Mm -hmm. and they need them told. Yes. And I've I've been dealing with a spirit in my house, you know, (laughs) I've got got a lot of spirits in my house. I've actually investigated my house because these spirits will, they won't leave you alone. And and it's like, oh my God, did you follow me from somewhere? (laughs) You Tell need my me. help. <laughs> what do you want? Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, you know. But I, I've become quite used to it now. Um, I've accepted it, you know. I now know what I feel like I'm meant to be doing, and I really do feel like I'm on the right path. Right. And you know, that that acceptance always takes a while sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. I, it I does. I told someone the other day when I was a kid, I was so open and saw things and, you know, the whole nine yards. And then I got so busy in my adult life with my profession that when I retired from my particular profession, it was like someone hit me over the head. I was like, oh, (laughs) wow, really? (laughs) So you've been immersed in this for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a live investigation and everyone should tune in. 
because they have a great Facebook page where they have their live investigations. And where else can they see that, Mandy? They can check us out on all social media. We are on YouTube. We are on Facebook. We are on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Um, but we we usually only go live on YouTube and Facebook. Right. So I think that will be amazing because the building itself is so historical and being part of the Underground Railroad, that's you're going to see some amazing stuff, everybody. So you don't want to miss this. The and, Top Hat Man has been spotted at this location. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. You know. We have. I interviewed someone today when I did my walkthrough that had a story to tell me. And I was like, oh, and I think she's seen residual energy of this Top Hat Man because she's seen him in the same spot mm-hmm. twice. That is one entity I would not want to run into. Well, in that she, the way she described him, she just said he was like, because uh, I, I said, was he solid? Was he see-through? Of How did you see him? Can you describe? She goes, it was solid. She goes, but it was all dark. She goes, he just took off his hat, a tall hat, and he just tipped it over and he put it back on his head. Oh. It's almost like he was just saying hello, you know, like they would have done back in the day mm-hmm. or greetings or however they did it. But that's what he kept doing. She said, same thing. Every time she'd see him, he'd just take off his hat, tip it down. And say hello. Yeah. Like a gentleman. So I think it was, it's something residual. So I'm going to set up a camera right there, too. That would be so uh, interesting. And see if I can maybe capture this. Uh, residual energy of this top top hat man she calls him (laughs) well it's interesting because you know the time period that was obviously built in they would wear top hats yes yes so is this somebody's home prior do you know no it was it, it used to be i heard it was a doctor's office at one time but there was a family that lived there and some mansion and so it would have been in the early 1900s yeah. when, before it became the Legion in 1939. Sure. So there's probably in doctor's office, people would often even pass away. You yes. Know, medicine was different back then. Yes. That's going to be so interesting. I can't wait to see this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited just like thinking about it right now. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a really wonderful investigation and interesting. And the next location we have is in uh, November 9th during the week. It will be on a Wednesday. I will be investigating the Ross House in Bel Air, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you anything about this location because because I don't know anything about it. Wow. I just I just know that I seen that it was a new location, and I just contacted them. I messaged, asked how much it was to go, and mm-hmm. I booked it. That's all I know. I don't know, you know, who died, what happened, but I do know the lady that owns the location is excited to have the ghost sisters go there. And, um, she says the house is going to love me. So we'll see. Wow. That's going to (laughs) be, it's so exciting. It's like adventures, you know? Oh, I I love it. I love traveling all around the different States and yeah. Now, how do your sisters feel about all this? Do they love it? Well, you know, it's funny because when we were younger, my my sisters say, well, 
when we were young, we'd go out dancing, you know, to the club and have fun. Now we ghost hunt. (laughs) (laughs) Age mellows you. (laughs) I'm like, but but see, it's not their passion. It's my passion. Mm -hmm. And they, they support me. So they, they, they like, they like to travel and do the road trips and, and, they they like going live and stuff. So, but it, it's not a passion of theirs. Actually, my sister um, Bobby Joe's kind of skeptical, uh-huh. and my sister Chastity, she's not skeptical. So, but Chastity, when I first started Ghost Sisters, I had contacted my sister Chastity because, to be honest, the first place that we had ever went to, it was my sister Chastity and I. I had I had contacted Chastity. She's my oldest sister. And I said, hey, I'm going to the Mansfield prison. I'm booking it. We're going to go investigate it. She's like, what? I said, yeah, you're going to go with me. I'm not going alone. (laughs) Guess what? I wasn't a a paranormal investigator. I was just, I just worked in law enforcement. And I was like always wanting, I had been wanting to go there since the early 2000s, you know. Uh And I finally had a chance. So she got her ticket. I got mine. And we went. And my sergeant at the time let me wear his GoPro. And I had ordered a couple of devices because I thought I'm going to need some some good gear or something. I can't go in here with just a flashlight, you right. know, <laughs> or just a recorder. So I ordered the uh, the Geophone, which is an EMF detector, and I ordered the SB7 box. So I had a few things, you know, I was prepared, you know, my flashlight and those two things, and my GoPro. Mm-hmm. So. We're inside of the Mansfield prison, and before they turn off the lights to begin the investigation, me and my sister went down into solitary. And now, again, we hadn't started the team, and we were just investigating that night. And the lights were still on, and we were the only ones down there. And I kept hearing this man. He kept saying, hey, hey. And he was coming through the box, so I was hearing him clear. Mm-hmm. And I, I sensed someone was watching us. I was, like, telling my sister. I'm like, hey, I don't think we're alone. And I kept announcing to the spirits that I was Officer Metzger at that time, and I worked in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was just letting them know. And next thing I know, after we got done investigating, and it was a crazy night, my sergeant reviewed the cameras, and he, he got back with me, and he said, you girls caught something right in the beginning. Well, we actually captured an apparition walking at the end of the hallway while the lights were on. And there was a shadow figure standing in the hallway. Uh, and this apparition walked like a guard. And it was said the guard Frank was killed in solitary. I believe he was the man I was hearing saying, hey, hey. He was the one like checking up, like, what are you doing down here? You know, right. he was, <laughs> he's doing his job. Exactly. And you can see him so clear on our video. And it was so weird because it was probably a week after that. I called up my sister and I said, I'm starting up a paranormal team. And I said, you're joining me. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, what? She's like, okay, whatever. And so it just went from there. And she's been with me ever since. Now, Bobby Joe has only been on the team for two years. Mm-hmm. But Chastity's been on there. Um, actually, Wednesday, we hit our five-year mark. October 19th was our five-year mark. That's wonderful. But I said, I always knew. I said, one day, 
this evidence is going to get me on TV watch. I said, I, I'm going to save this. I know that something's going to happen with this. And I'll be darned if I did not end up landing um, my evidence that I captured. I was contacted to be on the Ghost Brothers. And I actually filmed with them at the Mansfield Prison. And I also did some reenactment, too, for them. So that was cool, too. But um, they actually ended up using my uh, my video and they spoke to me and they they heard my story and everything. So you can go over to the Discovery Plus channel and you can see on Ghost Brothers Lights Out season two. Mm-hmm. It's called Shank episode one, the shank. That's and you will awesome. see me on there. They seem like they're such sweet guys, too. Oh, they they are. um it's, it's, it's funny, you know, they're hilarious. And we're kind of like that when we're investigating. If you've ever watched us when we're investigating, we we are kind of like that. And right. I think it's like a sister thing. We kind of, we don't want, I want people to take us serious, but my sister, she's, she's kind of goofy. So she's kind of funny, you know, <laughs> the icebreaker, I guess. Yeah. And a lot of people get a kick out of that. Sure. And too, I think some people, you know, to calm their own feelings or fear. Yes. And yeah. and I'm like more of a serious one. I'm like, I don't know. It's funny because we're sisters and, and you will hear sisters bickering on there. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> but people actually enjoy it because it's like they get a kick out of it. Sure. It's real. It's real what's happening and the energies can affect us. And it does. I think, you know, there's. Awesome. It, it, it's it is awesome, but when you when you're dealing with an all female team, you know how it is. Women have a lot of emotions, so oh yeah, it can get, it can get real intense fast. We're up and down and all around sometimes, aren't we? Yes, we can be, and especially with sisters. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I I had brothers, but it's mm-hmm. so funny. I also had dance companies, and it. Dance companies working with a bunch of women is like wrangling cats sometimes. Oh, I can imagine. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, no. But, you know, I think it's amazing that more and more women are investigating in women groups. Yeah. And, you know, Dee, when I started this, um, I had a couple men that was on my team. I actually didn't know I was going to make it an all female team. When I first started, we were actually called Ghost Sisters of Marion, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Okay. And something I was going to change the name. And I was sitting here one day and I was so close to changing it. And spirit kept telling me, my spirit guides were telling me, don't change it. Leave it. Right. Don't. But I took off um, the Ohio part and just left it at Ghost Sisters. I was being guided to leave it at that and to have it an all-female team. So that's why they didn't want me to change it. I was going to call it something else. And look, look how it all turned out. I was meant to to keep it going this way. And when the men was on my team, they were behind us. They were like, one was a tech guy. Mm-hmm. One was just a researcher. We only brought them in front of us when we needed more help, you know, to investigate or to right. check something out. But it was always the main focus was on us ladies. But then, you know, things change. And then the men were not on the team no more. And it became a true all-female team. I think that's really cool. Well, you know, there's 
you don't, the more I've been in this, I, I've met a lot of female teams, mm-hmm. but you don't see female teams on TV. No, you, see, you don't. No, absolutely not. You'll see a woman, one woman with, with other guys. You know, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, where, what, where's the women, you know, or why isn't there maybe an all female team with one man or why isn't there just all women? <laughs> You know, not that we that. don't like men. We do. We do, everybody. Yeah. It's oh, just I, I had men on my team, so I, it's not that I don't, but it's just women bring I, another dynamic. I really believe that because of how yeah. we feel. Our intuitiveness is different than male. Mm-hmm. And I'm exactly. not saying that to be biased toward females, but we have that because we have kids. You know, mm-hmm. we have that. Even if you don't have kids, that intuitive side of you stays. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that brings a different dynamic. It does. It really does. You know, I've had folks on my team, so I know. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're different. That's okay. It's okay to be different, I think. But it's amazingly powerful to have an all-woman team, I would think. It is. And we've had different girls on the team. It hasn't always just been me and my sister's. You know, I've had other people on my team that were females and, um, you know, sometimes people just go their own way or things just don't work out because sometimes people don't realize how much there is that you put into this. This Yeah, exactly. And if it's not your passion, you're not going to put all your time into it. Yeah. And, you know, some people might look at it as a hobby. Those who look at it that way, I'm not saying anything bad for them looking at it that way, but... um, to me, it's not, it's not a hobby. I work out. That's my hobby to me, you know, going and investigating. That is my passion. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting. You know, I always tell people, everyone in the paranormal, they're in it because they've experienced things. Oh yes. There is always a reason it's, it's really like, I always find it fascinating People are here because they want answers, they want to understand, and they want to grow with all the spiritual things going on right now. It's really time for big time growth. It is. And, you know, I had to actually write down because I I want to write a book one day. So I actually got on my notes and I wrote down all my experiences I had from the time I was young and every location I lived at to the time I started my team. And I have more to write because my daughter, the stories I can write about what she was experiencing. Right. And it just goes on and on. I, it, it's crazy. I mean, like you said, you, most people had an experience, but I didn't just have one experience. I've, I've been having experiences. Right. This has been haunting me. <laughs> Literally. You know, I thought it was me. I actually was like, is it me? What what is going on? Because uh, I I was like everywhere I've lived, the stories just go on and on and on. The the, the stories just pile up. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, things I could tell you, you would say no way. Oh, honey. <laughs> the way I grew up, I would I would definitely understand. Trust me. But it's fascinating. It it really is. Yeah, it it is, and I think, it, and it's really interesting. And I always tell people, it's like. They always ask, "Does this stuff happen every day?" And I literally no, have told no, people, not "Me, not every day." <laughs> yes and no, but it's usually when you least expect it. 
It usually yes. will, you know, you'll be doing something very normal and boom, it hits you and you're like, um, wow, really? <laughs> well, they like to come to me in my sleep. Like I, oh, yeah. they'll, they'll be calling out my name. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's the I, easiest time to communicate. Oh, definitely. When you're sleeping, that's uh, they come and visit me all the time. I have family that comes to me. I have spirits that I don't even know that come to me and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it, it just, it's really fascinating how it all is turning out for me. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> well, like your mind is very quiet. Your body is relaxed and you know, it's easy for them to communicate in the middle of the night that there's not a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your bright light, you're going to attract them. <laughs> They're going to be like, okay, we got you now. <laughs> I, it is, it is something else. Let me tell you. And my daughter, I just became first time being a grandmother. <laughs> oh, congratulations. And my daughter had twin girls Aww. and I'm pretty sure this has been passed down. I got a feeling. I just have a feeling because my daughter is just, she just sees these spirits everywhere. She's, she doesn't like it. She doesn't, she, she does not, she's never liked it, but you know, it's just there and it ain't going away for her. Right. And it usually runs in families. I, you know, and I, I remember asking my mother, I'm like, who am I get, who do I get this from? I'm like, because right. I don't remember none of my family members talking about this. And mom's like, well, and the thing is, my mother, she's kind of like an empath herself. She, she has heard spirits, you know, in her home. She has seen a couple, but I don't know. She, she doesn't think it comes, comes from her, but I wondered about her mother. And she said that was just things that they never talked about. They would talk about family um, seeing loved ones in their sleep. Right. You know, I would hear stories about that, but and and go, a, a few ghost stories here and there. You know, but never did I hear of anyone who actually talked to spirits or that was a medium or a witch or or whatever the case. Right. You know, never. So I, I have no I, I no idea. I have no idea. Interesting. Wow. So you do have some really cool stuff coming up. I know you can't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I can just say. <laughs> from what I, I, I kind of just, it sounds pretty exciting. Yes. Yes. I, I can say that I'm going to be, um, if not this year, it should begin next year. Hopefully that I will be filming with um, an all female team of three. And that's all I can say. <laughs> well, I'm excited. I hope you come back on here and talk about that investigation with me. I have another project, too, that I'm involved in. Also, and I can't even talk about that. But oh, that, that's going to drive me batty, Mandy. Huh? <laughs> that's going to drive me batty, Mandy. You can't talk I about know, it. I there's a lot. There's a lot coming at me. <laughs> I think it's good, though. I think this is really good for you. This is great, you know? Yeah, I'm a go-getter, and I put all my time and energy into this, too, and I make time for my family, too, but I I put a lot of time and energy into the paranormal, and plus I'm a medium. I I give people readings from all over the world. I'm constantly connecting the spirit. It's a a nonstop thing for me. Sure. 
Are you ever going to come to Indiana? I have been to Indiana lots of times and done investigations. Well, in Fort Wayne, we have a place called the Bell Mansion. I have not been to that location, but I've been to Blackford County Jail. Uh I've been to Randolph multiple times. I've been to Stone Mansion. I've been to the Monroe House. Well, if you ever come to Fort Wayne, you better let me know. Oh, I will. (laughs) Because I would love to meet you in person. Well, awesome. I would love to meet you, too, in person. That would be awesome. And have you done any investigations from my hometown, Dayton, Ohio? No, we've not done Dayton, Ohio. We have done Cincinnati, um, Wisconsin. Yes, Cincinnati, Columbus, Marion, Bucyrus, Galleon, um, Wisconsin, Tennessee, Kentucky, um, Virginia, um, Hollywood. Yes, I was with Patty Negri. You guys know who she is. I, mm-hmm. I, I hung out with Patty for three days. I went and stayed with Patty. Um, I stayed at a haunted hotel that she she told me about, and I stayed oh. there. And and me and Patty had a blast. We hung out for three days, and, and we got into the Cecil Hotel too. Ooh. You can go check that out. On it's on YouTube. You can check that out. How did you feel about that place? I had an experience at that place. And at my hotel, it was crazy. Well, I, I told Patty, I said, man, Patty, I'm really trying not to connect with these spirits here. I don't like it. Right. I said, so I'm really trying not to open up, but it was hard. Um, Patty had all kinds of stuff that was affecting her, but mm-hmm. we only had 10 minutes in the, in the place. So, you know, it was like a quick walkthrough. They took us to the top sure. of the, the building where the girl was found in the, in the water tank. Um, once we got on the elevator that that girl was last seen, everyone looked down. Someone spotted a wet print on the, on the elevator. Mm-hmm. And I, I, when I looked down and I was like, I looked down I said, Oh my gosh, I said, that looks like a footprint. And Patty goes, Mandy, you're right. That is a footprint. There was one wet footprint on that elevator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was the elevator that she was last seen on. Right. That hotel always gives me the willies. Why would there be one wet footprint on there? And it wasn't on there when we all got on that elevator. It just appeared out of nowhere. Everybody was freaked out. So (laughs) the crazy thing is when I got back to my hotel and I was sleeping, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had water draining out of my ear. Oh. And I told Patty, because I ended up doing a podcast with her and we talked about our adventures in Hollywood. And I said, Patty, I didn't tell you this, but I had something weird happen when I got back to the hotel and I, I fell asleep. And at some point in the middle of the night, I woke up and there was water, just a lot of water coming out of my ear. And I said, I just thought maybe I had water in my ear. So she goes, no, Mandy, that water would have already been out of your ear. She's like, no, Patty believes that that girl was trying to contact me. Sure. Yeah, I am sure. Uh, I was like, oh, my gosh. And I actually did have a spirit follow me from Hollywood, but we won't go into all that. <laughs> Ooh, well, you better save that for next time because I'd love to they have you back next on. Time because that's a whole new story. <laughs> Mandy, what but, is your dream investigation? Oh, my gosh. I love I love investigating prisons and jails because working in that environment, I'm sure. very drawn to it. I would love to go to actually... Alcatraz is one of my 
dream locations to go to Mm -hmm. and Dracula's castle. In Transylvania? Yes. yes, Yeah, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Oh, my gosh. Even though I would have to constantly use a translator because, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they didn't speak much English. So it wouldn't be like me trying to talk to him like I'm talking to you, you know. Right. (laughs) A little difficult, but interesting. Wow. I think that would be fun. I interviewed a guy not at the beginning, and I'm going to have him back on. His name's Charles, and he used to have vampire tours in Transylvania. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. And he'd go into Dracula's castle and all that cool stuff. Well, Patty, actually, um, I think it already happened or... Yeah, she was doing something um, because Father Sebastian. Oh, yes. You know, <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, him. He, I love Father Sebastian. Hotel. Yeah. He was with us at the Cecil Hotel in Hollywood. When, uh, he's so yeah. fun. He is so fun. He, I, he's, I interviewed him, and he was just fun. Yeah, I worked out with him every day. Me and Patty worked out every day, and, and Sebastian would come and work out with us. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was with us at the Cecil Hotel when I was live, so... He is awesome, and Patty and him actually did a um, some type of event at Dracula's Castle. Oh, fun! For ten days. Wow! And she wanted to go. I was going to go, but I couldn't. I couldn't work that one out. That would be awesome. It, that would. That's one part of the world I'd like to see is Romania. Yes, I and I, I would like to go to Italy. You know, to, to over to. Um, Ireland to the castle. Mm-hmm. I think um, Vanessa Holgan, I think she has a tour or she has something going on in Ireland. You should look at that up. You would mm. love it. My husband keeps saying he's going to pay for me a trip over to Ireland by myself to go on a haunted investigation. He wants oh. to send me. <laughs> well, call me. I want to go. <laughs> and this, I'm like, God, I'm gonna be alone. <laughs> ah, just call, call DD Moonfly, or she'll go. <laughs> Maybe I will. Cause I don't know about going alone. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to the British Isles. That's on my list for the in the next couple years is to go there. Well, I want to go over to the the older countries because their their history goes way yeah. back to the kings and queens, and yeah. I'm so intrigued with it. I lived in Turkey off and on for four years during my oh, wow. dad's career, and I had some crazy experiences there because I lived in Istanbul off, on and off. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was really cool. You would have loved it. I mean, the the buildings, the apartment buildings alone, some of them are in the 1700s. See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean... It is very, very different feel, the older parts of the world. Very different. You're going to love it. Now, Mandy, how do people get a hold of you? They can contact me on Ghost Sisters on Facebook. You can send me a message. And I have my email also on my page. So you can send me an email. You can give me a phone call or text me if you're needing to contact me. Because we do residential cases around Ohio. Mm -hmm. But I don't venture too far. I usually only go like maybe an hour and a half is the furthest I will go for a residential case. 
And if you if you're interested in, you know, contacting us for a residential case for us to take a look at, it has to be emergencies only. Because if I dealt with everybody that had a typical spirit in their house, I would be booked right. up. <laughs> yeah. So we only deal with emergency cases, and I like for people to send me if they can have maybe evidence, a video, or maybe picture something, you know, but it can't just be, Hey, we think we have a spirit and we're here walking or it has to be an emergency. Right. Absolutely. Well, Mandy, I want you to make me one promise. Sure. You'll come back on after these amazing projects that we can't really talk about happen. You know, I will. (laughs) Mandy, it's been fun. You're an amazing woman, you and your sisters. And I want to thank you so much for coming on Twilight Tonic. Well, thank you, Dee, for having you know me. I wish my sisters could have joined, but you know, um, like I said, one's working. She's at work right now, and the other one didn't get off till seven, and she's not much of um, a podcaster. <laughs> I understand. I understand completely. And I want you to have a great weekend, Mandy. And I'm really looking forward, hopefully, to meeting you at some point and talking to you again. Me too, Nate. Sounds like it would be definitely interesting to meet you at some point. Yes, you have a great night. Thank you. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.